Hello and welcome to this new three-part series where we will be covering the England tour of Pakistan this winter, which at the time of recording we've literally just finished the first test match. I'm Blake Bin, I'll be hosting today and I am joined by Dan Davis, who is with me today. Dan, just a quick scalp, I mean, what what a game. Yeah, it was pretty extraordinary, it went right down to the last few minutes of the day really so yeah a lot to unpack really and also today I am joined with Dan Whiting TalkSport pundit and also uh, Gloucester commentator so he'll be giving his thoughts today as well Dan over to you yeah morning gentlemen pleasure it is to be here and what a privilege it is to actually commentate on a game like that forget the fast food of T20 that was hawk cuisine, what we've seen over the last five days. That was Michelin starred, and what a test match. And it's an absolute pleasure to be here commentating on uh, on such a fine game of cricket. Yeah, absolutely. A, a kind of one for the ages, really, like uh, Dan Davis, you said there. I mean, coming down to the, the wire, um, the final few minutes of the fifth day. So if we just start chronologically, gents. I mean, Dan Davis, I'll come to you first. The first day was a lot to unpack. I mean, what, what was your thoughts on well the day as a whole? And I mean, Harry Brooks got to be the standout. Well, before the day, the week before the test, Alistair Cook said that the uh, the key to playing in Pakistan is patience, and um, England didn't really stick to that when uh, they scored the far, the most runs in a first over ever with uh, Zach Crawley, and they kind of set the tone for the entire series, uh, the entire game. Hopefully, it carries on throughout the series uh, when they scored. <coughs> Um, the number of runs he did on that first day with four centurions. Yeah, 506, a record for uh, day one of a test match and second highest ever, only second to South Africa against Bangladesh. But in the overs as well, only 75 overs. Dan, uh, thoughts on basketball? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I, I personally didn't think it would work against that pace attack in Pakistan. Um, you know, I saw a little bit of Nassim Shah last year, Gloucestershire. Uh, he's quick. I saw Harris Ralph in the first game of the season playing for Yorkshire against Gloucestershire. Or well, it was Gloucestershire's second game, but first home game. And he's rapid. And I didn't think basketball would work in Pakistan. And, uh, you know, how wrong could I be? And I'm, I'm delighted to be proved wrong as well. I mean, could you argue, I'll stay with you, Dan Whiting. Could you argue that, um, obviously, no Shaheen, who's crucial to their pace tack and add something different with that left arm? pace as well and then uh, Harris Ralph getting injured as well do you think it played in England's hands a little bit yeah it did it did but England made their own luck by scoring so quickly and they they dictated the terms of the test they dictated how the game would, would go on and you know I'm sure we'll come on to that Ben Stoke declaration later on but you know you, you make your own luck in cricket and uh, England did make their own luck but yeah Shaheen Shahafridi was a big loss because Again, he offers a different angle. He comes left arm over the wicket, and uh, he's rapid as well. He's got a trinity of quicks there, haven't they? Oh, yeah, they've got probably one of the quickest attacks in the world, probably only uh, fallen short of Australia on that front. Um, so, Dan Davis, at the end of day one, 506 uh, runs scored. Where did you think England were going to go from there, and where did you see the, the declaration coming? I couldn't really believe it, to be honest. I just kind of assumed they'd go on at the same rate because they were only four wickets down at that point as yeah, well they I were. thought they could score 700 800 which is sort of what happened they got to 650 
actually yeah I'm not sure exactly 650, 650 something yeah and I, can't, I couldn't really believe that halfway through day two England had scored that many runs um, so I thought it was pretty much game over after that but Pakistan did respond quite well yeah and it came on to Pakistan obviously in their first innings on day two Dan Whiting and uh, Imam Al-Haq he's got a sensational record at, at Pindi which the I mean the ground there's a lot of talk on that with the tour of Australia last uh, in the in the winter at the start of 2022 um, where he scored a lot of runs there but he looks a sensational talent doesn't he yeah he does it's uh, it's interesting watching Watching Jack Leach bowl to him is like watching a couple of accountants play T20 cricket after work, isn't it? It's it's, it's really, um, uh, you know, you don't often see guys with glasses playing professional sport. I thought, you know, rather than those adverts with Sensodyne, yeah, I thought this game could have been sponsored by Specsavers on the uh, on the um, adverts going through there. But I thought it's I thought it was uh, he's a good player, man, and he's dogged and he needs he's like a barnacle at the top of the order to remove and I saw a little bit of him playing for Somerset at the tail end of last year and um, yeah he's a, he's, a, he's a decent player and then I suppose as day two went on and uh, they batted into day three obviously um, I mean the pitch just showed it was flat there was nothing there was nothing going on they had three centurions of their own um, and then come on to day three what kind of position did that leave us in Dan Davis um well, I kind of thought the game was almost heading towards a draw. I couldn't really believe that Pakistan had responded so well to uh, to England's total. And then when we were watching Will Jack's bowl, I thought, oh, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel here because he's not really played much first. He's not bowled too much in first-class cricket. But actually, he was, I think, the big surprise of the uh, the third day. Yeah, Dan Whiting, coming to you. Um, so something I wasn't aware of. I knew he was uh, very much a part-timer, but... Um, three first-class wickets before the 2022 summer, and then he came in and took a six for and bowled 40 and a half overs. Yeah, he's uh, he gives it a bit of loop, doesn't he? he? Does toss it up a little bit. I'm not sure that he'll ever get a six ball in Test cricket. I think he's delighted to be proved wrong. But I thought, I mean, I thought it was heading for a draw. Um, you boys won't remember the 1980s, but I've sat in many a dodgy nightclub and ordered the flattest pint of lager. And it had nothing on that rail windy pitch. How flat it was out there! It really was. It was. Uh, it was absolutely dead. But as I said earlier, you know, England dictated the terms of this test, and by scoring quickly, they they moved the game on. And you know, they they bowled Pakistan out, and uh, but they still had to bat again. And I think they had a lead of 170 or 100 something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, I think yeah. Would they would they make five hundred something in the uh, in their they first innings? Five hundred and seventy nine. Five seven so nine. Eighty so. odd. Eighty ninety odd. So you've still got work to do then. And England again, when they batted again in the third innings, uh, up the tempo again, didn't they? What do you think, Dan Davis? Do you think uh, uh, you know England sort of moved the game along? Yeah. Well, I think I think Jack Will Jack's polished off their tail end I think he went for, went for about 80 runs the last three wickets and then I was kind of thinking England are going to have to motor here because otherwise this is going straight for a draw and they, they did to be on yeah I mean um, Harry Brook was close to scoring the fastest ever test 100 for England on that fourth day and I couldn't really believe what I was watching it was Baz Ball at its finest I think 
and it really set us up for the finale we had today. Yeah, it was certainly frantic, wasn't it? It was. Uh, I mean, Brook. I love Harry Brook. I've watched him last year. Uh, he got a hundred against Gloucestershire down at Bristol in that game where we were talking about Harris Ralph, and uh, he, he looks a real fine player. He doesn't look like he's actually slogging. You see, sort of Ben Stokes, and he's attempting to play basketball, and he looks like he's sort of losing his body shape with the shots, but Brooke has just got the power and the timing just to get the, the ball away straight away. But we also saw Joe Root batting left-handed. I mean, what's all that about? Oh, it was a sensational sight, wasn't it? I mean, just the two balls, and you see the pictures, everyone kind of, and, and the, the short clip of just him playing his shot, and you thought it was sensational, and then you realise he got dropped at mid-wicket and it went for one run, but... I mean, just what these players can do is ridiculous. Um, just before we come on to the finale, Jen, so I just wanted to touch upon some individuals. Um, as we mentioned, Will Jackson, a, a brief touch on Harry Brook. Um, I mean, it's only his second test match. Can, can you believe that sort of innings? I mean, in the first innings, he made the second quickest 100 um, in test cricket by an Englishman, uh, a record that stood for 120 years. Gilbert Jessup, uh, 76 ball 100, and... Dan, you'll be happy he's a Gloucestershire man, or both of you, actually. Um, but yeah, Harry Brooker. And then, like you said, Dan Davis, uh, he was on track for a second. Uh, so for, he was on track for a second hundred and could have quite easily broke that record. Um, how long do you see his test career going, Dan Davis? Well, he's not too old, is he? I think he could go on for for a long time if he continues like that, because I think he scored, did he score 50 in his first test? He did. So he's made a, as good a start as he probably could have done. And to go to Pakistan, I know maybe the pitch wasn't doing too much, and obviously from this result you can see it probably did fade the batting a bit. Uh, to go out there and to play the way he did, you know, he could be in the team for a long, long time to come, I would hope anyway. Yeah, let's hope so. I mean, he seems to have made that number five slot his own, and you look at the likes of Johnny Bairstow, so where does he fit back in when uh, when he's back? Um, Dan Whiting, you probably know the most about the the Pakistanis um, from overseas players um, playing in the county championship and and the various domestic competitions there are. Um, what did you think? They had four debutants, um, one of which was a very bizarre pick, a 34-year-old uncapped leg spinner who got his treatment. I mean, what was your thoughts on their selection? Yeah, I was surprised. They've got a youngster in there who's uh, the, the sort of next big thing in Pakistan. Um, we've seen a lot of Zafrika Har as well. He's just coming back after a shoulder injury, so probably good news for Gloucestershire fans. He didn't bowl too much on uh, such a flat deck, but um, the, uh, I mean, the, the leg spinner, I thought, he went for 235 in the first innings, which is, um, you know, his bowling average is going up quicker than my energy bill, isn't it? It, it really is, like, you know, um, uh, not, not, good, not good for your figures. Just, uh, I'm not sure that they got their sort of selections quite right. Um, we've seen a number of Pakistanis in the county championship. We've lit up the county championship in recent years. Uh, Sean Massoud, uh, top of the order. Surprised he's, uh, he's not in there. And um, well, to be fair, know, the openers saw... stepped up though, didn't they? They did. Yeah, they did. But uh, uh, Sean Massoud has shown that he's done it on all sorts of pitches. Be interesting to see if uh, the, the two openers can do it on pitches that offer a little bit more of assistance to the bowlers. Yeah, just just what I found on them. So 
uh, their bowling attack in particular, I thought, like like you said there, I thought was particularly strange. So Mahmood um, on debut, two hundred thirty-five, fourth two hundred thirty-five in that first innings, thirty-three overs, an economy of seven point one two, most runs ever conceded by a debutant um, inning in an innings uh, in Test cricket, and um, ninth most runs conceded in an innings of all time and all those above him have, were generally a lot of overs in a in a fourth innings going at between threes and fives so to go at sevens um, and the only frontline spinner in the attack when in the side they also had the um, the as you mentioned the mystery spin Abra Ahmed who I think is kind of typical English problems um, and then they also had Nawaz who played obviously in the World Cup and uh, the experienced Newman Ali as well. So I was very surprised to see that. Um, Dan Davis, um, obviously we spoke about the quick scoring and if we, we touched upon the third innings a little bit, um, with obviously Ralph out, just how how good was it to to carry on where we, where we started and make the most of them losing their injury and obviously realise we could pick apart their bowling attack? Yeah, it was pretty extraordinary, really. I was kind of surprised that they had as many seams as they did, given England chose a few more spinners. Um, maybe that's something that will change in the second test. But, um, yeah, I, we just motored ahead, really, didn't we? I mean, Harry Brook took the game away from them, I would say. And then Ben Stokes made a very brave call to... Because uh, he could well have settled for the draw. He could have gone, actually, we need more runs to make this safe. He made a bold choice to uh, to declare when he did, and it did set us up for the game we had today. Uh, so, yeah, he made. I think he made the right calls throughout the game, to be honest. Obviously, um, it's quite easy to say it was a good call today. Obviously, we got over the line in the end, but when, when he made that call, what, what was your thoughts? It was a gamble, but it was a gamble that I thought was worth taking. Because the like, there was too much of a risk of it becoming a draw, and I think the way they play this England team, they want to take risks. They're not. He said he's not there to draw. He's there to have a result, and he's there to entertain. And I think that's what they went for in that decision, and that's what happened. Yeah, Dan Whiting. A lot of people think Test cricket is dying out when you get matches like that, and you know it's almost set up for a draw from two days in. Um, what did you make of it? Yeah, I mean the crowds are showing that around the world, aren't they? Test, test match cricket is is on its uppers a little bit, but I thought that was absolutely wonderful. That was Test cricket at its very best, and I thought um, you know it was a, a very bold declaration. But I thought Ben Stokes' captaincy has been excellent ever since he he's got the gig. Uh, I was talking to John Simpson at Middlesex um, a couple of years ago, and he came into that England side when they were COVID decimated a couple, you know, in, um, I think it was in 2021, 20, last summer, and they played three one-day internationals, and Stokes skippered that side, and he actually gave them confidence, he actually made them feel at home straight away, and he's got a lot about him, I think he's, he's, uh, he's box office, isn't he, Ben Stokes, he plays cricket, you know, high-octane cricket, and he really is, he makes things happen, whether it's with the bat, whether it's with the ball, whether it's with his captaincy. And this was a classic example. Yeah, he definitely is a bit of a maverick from that front. I mean, we didn't even mention his 18-ball 41 in the first innings. Um, and then, obviously, the final day was kind of set up um, in a really kind of all three or you could argue four results possible. Um, Pakistan 80 for two, needing an, another 
280, I think it is, or just shy. Um, and Imam settled. Where did you see us going? Because the night before, we didn't um, we didn't use the new ball to the effect you usually would, putting three men out on the hook and banging it in banging and, bring, it in, and yeah. not opening with Jimmy Anderson. I mean, where did you think we were going to go from the morning? Um, it was an interesting one. I um, I didn't really know. I know Azarali was injured, so I th- well, he was definitely affected by it. But he did play quite well in the end because he had that hand injury that when he was retired hurt the day before. Yeah, it was suspected broken finger, I think. Yeah, but um, when well, he came back out today and he did okay. But um, I didn't really. I was surprised by the banging in early doors, uh, and Jimmy Anderson was just stood at mid off watching it all happen. He must have been quite frustrated. But it did work out in the end because they got they got the uh, couple of wickets and they just carried it on the next day with the seamers. The seamers did a fantastic job. Ollie Robinson was excellent today, as was Jimmy Anderson when he came back into the attack and Ben Stokes. Completely the opposite of a couple of days before when they were going with the spinners. And yeah, they just got us over the line. Uh, Dan Whiting, I mean, what did you think of it all? With the firstly with the new ball banging in, obviously they had their cases. It being a kookaburra and it wasn't really swinging last evening. Um, but what did you think we were going to go Leach and Jacks or Leach and Root or did you think we were going to go banging it in yeah I think in Pakistan reverse comes into play doesn't it reverse swing comes into play and you bang it into the surface and you get uh, they're quite abrasive surfaces in Pakistan they're, they're different to India everyone thinks they're the same but they're not and reverse comes into play a lot more in Pakistan than it does in India and uh, you know I think it was one of those games which fortunes ebbed and flowed and, and oscillated between one side and the other. And I thought it was, uh, you know, I thought Pakistan up to a T. And he needed 80 of about 24 overs because the light also comes into play. And we got those two quick wickets on T. Here we go. Is it going to be a draw? I thought the draw was nailed on. And... Uh, you know, a marvellous bit of captaincy again by Ben Stokes, putting a leg slip in there where Joe Root took the catch. I thought it was fantastic, but I mean, it set it up for a beautiful finale, didn't it? It really did. And, uh, you know, that is the beauty of Test cricket. Yeah, as I'm as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, I, I think we're all in agreement. It's one of the best Test matches of all time, and it will go down in history as that, and one that's kind of set set apart from um, Test cricket in the past obviously going up over a run of ball for the first innings and then still kind of being in a position where you could you could draw the game um so coming into that last session you thought it was nailed on for a draw but if you look look throughout and you said the leg slip was a great bit of captaincy if you looked the throughout the kind of two and a half to three days we were in the field because because we scored so quickly um we had like a short leg and a leg slip the majority of the time and a lot of the time, five or six men on the leg side. I mean, what did you think of that, Dan Whiting? Yeah, I think, again, that's because reverse comes into play. I think Ollie Robinson needs a mention there as well for, for what he did there at the end. I thought everyone played their part in this test match. No one sort of really had a, a bad game at all. Um, and then what happened, they were nine down, and that chance has gone in between Ollie Pope with the gloves and Joe Root. They both left it to each other. Is a little bit of after you, Claude. Oh, oh, here nerves, we go. It's a, a, it's a nailed on draw. But, uh, you know, fortune favours the brave. Dan Davis, I mean, Robinson's career isn't 
particularly uh, one of age and experience. He's only been in the side kind of last year or two, but he's really made it his own. And um, that spell at the end of uh, reverse swing and, you know, him and Anderson don't bowl excessively quick, kind of just, just over the 80 mark. Um, what, what a spell that was. He did fantastically well. I mean, he could have had more. He, he actually bowled Nazim Shah, but the bails didn't come off. It was really pulling my hair out watching it. Um, but no, well, the pair of them did fantastically. Obviously, you expect that from James Anderson because he's got 20 years of experience. But Ollie Robinson, yeah, he was right. He's only had a couple of years, but those couple of years have been pretty fruitful in terms of his his success as an England seamer. And uh, I think he's got a lot left in him, long time to continue doing it, hopefully. Yeah, Dan Whiting. Um, do you see him as Jimmy's replacement? I mean, Jimmy's 40 and um, everyone seems to be kind of saying, oh, this must be his last year. But um, I didn't realise how good his figures were until I was looking through 46 overs, 16 maidens, 5 for 78 across the match. Yeah, what a man, what a bowler. But Ollie Robinson, I think, you know, England need a good pool of bowlers. You see the injuries going around at the moment. The, the schedule is, is relentless, isn't it? So you need big pool of fast bowlers um, but going back to the actual game I, I was surprised at Pakistan I mean I thought that they'd have wasted a little bit more time because the light was closing in wasn't it at the end and yeah when Shah got I wrapped was, on the hand as well yeah I mean I'd have, I'd have uh, been calling for the physio I'd have probably done more gardening than Alan Titchmarsh out there I tell you it would have been um, uh, you know I'd have, I'd have just killed it I'd have tied my bootlaces untied them tied them up again three times and I'd have sort of taken a little bit of time out of the game so I'm surprised at Pakistan's tactics maybe a little bit of naivety there um, but uh, yeah what a banana what a banana but just a great one for the crowd isn't it Dan Davis I mean it would have been as much as it would have been the smart thing to do it would have been sad to see time wasting and then a, a, a draw nine down do you not think yeah it would have been uh, heartbreaking really when I I think they said that play probably wouldn't go on beyond 11.45 our time and I think the wicket must have come through it can't have been much later it must have been what 11.40-ish it was yeah because they'd said no seamers anymore didn't they yeah they got had to go with Jack Leach with the new ball as well yeah well I, that was one of the interesting choices because I was reverse swinging but then he did take the new ball towards the end and he was looking very frustrating Ben, ben Stokes um, I wondered whether he would have taken it sooner, but obviously the reverse swing did play in England's favour. Um, and yeah, it was fantastic. It was just a, a classic test match, really. Do you believe we took the new ball at the right time, Dan Whiting? Yeah, I thought we might have taken it sooner, actually. Um, but then it was reversing. So, I mean, it swings and rounds, doesn't it? You, you know, you can be damned if you do and damned if you don't. But uh, I think it was probably just about the, wrong, uh, the right decision. And who am I to question? Ben Stokes at the moment. He seems to have that, that Midas touch, doesn't he? And uh, it was left to Jack Leach to, to put the icing on the cake. Yeah, sensational match. And uh, we'll have a quick um, look forward to Friday. It's a quick turnaround, just four days until we go to Multan for um, the second test in this three-match series. Um, I mean, someone we haven't even mentioned, Liam Livingston, um, you said everyone played their part. I think he was the only one who didn't actually do anything because obviously he was injured and di didn't particularly have a lot of time to hang around with the bat, um, which everyone was expecting fireworks from him, obviously out of the series now. Um, 
if I come to you first, Dan Whiting, where do you see our selection going? Do you see folks in? Do you see Wood coming in for, or or even the the leg spinner? Yeah, I see. Um, definitely see folks playing. I mean, England were decimated by a sickness bug, and uh, let me tell you, you do not want to be playing your your profession in white in front of fifteen thousand people with a case of Billy Billy. It's uh, it's not one of the, uh, the the good things about playing cricket in white. Um, so I expect to see Ben Folks coming, and he will probably replace Liam Livingston. Mark Wood. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how the bowlers recover because they've had a lot of overs into their legs, and it'd be interesting to see how they recover. Um, you know, short and and Dan Davis uh, what, what would be your thoughts on selection and could you consider leaving Jimmy Anderson out if he you know you talk about fast bowlers getting tired there was a lot of overs in Anderson Robinson and um, Stokes legs I mean could you see a 40 year old um, being left out well I was about to say uh, I was thinking we could do the unthinkable and bring Mark Wood in for James Anderson given the the, uh, the tactic seems to be short stuff and pace and I'm not sure Jimmy's body not to question him he's done it for a long time but it's amazing that he's continuing to do it at 40 years old but how long will it go on for maybe we need to protect him a bit in these tours abroad and bring someone like Mark Wood in if we're just going to bowl short uh, give Jimmy a rest um, I don't expect Ahmed to play uh, I did think when the, f- the squad first came out or the first team came out I did think that's a lot of batting I suppose that's what you kind of need with basketball, so I would definitely expect to see folks in. Um, but yeah, I, I think we might bring Mark Wood in, maybe for James Anderson. Yeah, my initial thinking was um, kind of we we picked a lot of, oh, he does a bit of this and a bit of that um, in the likes of Jackson Livingston. But to be fair, if that, that's the way they're, they're going to play it, it proved, um, it proved that that's uh, it's going to work if the first inning is anything to go by. Um, Dan Whiting, Pakistan's team, do you see many changes there? Uh, well, again, I think it'll be interesting to see how their bowlers. Obviously, I think Harris Ralph might be out for a while, um, so it'll be interesting to see who they bring in there. Um, but no, not really. I don't expect to see sort of too many changes. I, I thought they competed very well. It'll be interesting. Uh, you know, I think we want some Multan in the mix. Multan, yeah. Do you think a spinner yeah. for a seamer? Possibly, possibly it does turn. Karachi turns as well, so it'll be interesting to see how. turned up in the in their droves as well they've, they've you know played their part the people of Pakistan and uh, credit to them. well there you go the first series in Pakistan for 17 years for England the first test dis- didn't disappoint two games to go England lead the series 1-0 on to Friday for the second test and we'll be back next week for the second episode of this little series for now thank you all for listening it's goodbye from me goodbye from me and goodbye from me <laughs>